Welcome to Popping Your Cherry with Mary Carey. I'm Mary Carey, and I'm here with my producer, Matt. Hey. (laughs) And I'm so excited. This is my second episode, and today I'm being joined by one of my really longtime friends. I met her in L.A. in 2003 or 2004, and it's Playboy Playmate Katie Lohman. She was the April 2001 Playmate. She's lived at the Playboy Mansion. You know, she's been an actress, a model, and tons of other, you know, tons of other magazines. She's dated a lot of celebrities, and she's super hot. (laughs) Is that a good intro, would you say? I think that that works. There's a lot that we talk about in this. Let's dive into it. Right, let's get into into the fun with Katie Lohman on Popping Your Cherry with Mary Carey. I'm so excited, Matt, because we've got one of my really good friends, Playboy Playmate, model, actress, Katie Lemon here. Welcome, Katie. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> me. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I'm excited because, well, technically you're not popping my podcast, Jerry. That was last week. But you're like, you're getting in there when it's good. You know how like the first time someone has sex, maybe it's not as good, right, Matt? But then like, now that my cherries popped, it's going to be much better, Katie. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> so Katie, the, this show's all about first, you know, like everything's okay. your first leading up to the big first. But so the first thing I want to know is, yes, what tell, do you me about know, the, Mary? tell me about the first day of your life you remember. I think it was when I fell in the swimming pool because it was so traumatic. <gasps> oh my gosh. That, that's definitely something that you would remember from your childhood, you know, because you always remember those traumatic moments. Yes. And yes. This, the part that was so scary to me is the pool was green at the time because <gasps> oh we gosh. hadn't had the pool replastered. You know, I'm originally from Scottsdale, Arizona. So, you know, everyone yeah. has a swimming pool. And I don't recall that I had actually learned how to swim yet. Oh, wow. uh, and I think it was my brother, if I remember correctly, that that jumped in and grabbed me and pulled me out of the pool. So I was terrified as a child, as a small child, of our swimming pool because of falling in. How old were you when this happened? Probably like four. So that's the oh. first thing that I really remember. remember. So the pool was always like this haunting thing for me, you know. And then, of course, I had swimming lessons uh, about a year later, so that if it ever happened again and no one was around to pull me out of the pool, I wouldn't drown. I did not fall in the deep and I fell kind of like Thank in goodness. the middle part. Yeah. Although I think when you're four, even the middle part is kind of deep. Oh, it's terrifying. And it, was green. it looked like a giant swamp. I mean, oh it was my so, because my dad would not always keep the pool clean because yeah. it would constantly need replastering. So for the first part of my childhood, the pool was like so creepy. That's <laughs> one of the first things that I remember is, is falling in there like a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you like, did you ever like enjoy swimming? Like when you were, well, for example, we'll get to it later, but you were in the Playboy Mansion. Did you go in the pool or the grotto? or anything there? I loved swimming in the pool there (laughs) and going into the grotto. And I liked the grotto when there were other people in it for a party, but I also liked when it was like a quiet Saturday and there wasn't anybody in there except maybe me and, you know, one of the other models because we could just relax. And it was like very warm in there. So it's like three (laughs) or four hot tubs all connected together. Yeah. And it's like a little cave. So it was just really fun to be in there just by yourself. And just yeah. relax. It's very relaxing in there. Well, it's good that you're not traumatized, you know, by pools. So that's I, that's no, fun. No. After I had those swimming lessons, I was okay. <laughs> like, I loved swimming after that. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm a very good swimmer. No Baywatch for you? <laughs> I don't know how to dive. I still – I would try. I've never learned how to dive into a pool. I can I can't dive. Do. Yeah, I can't. Can you dive, Matt? I mean, I can jump off a diving board and make – what I think is the shape of a dive, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it it's not. Work out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch the Olympics and say, like, I don't look like that. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. No, can't dive. I tried scuba diving once. I think I had, I had to sign a, what is it called when you're not allowed to talk about it? Like, NBA? Yeah. With this person who was uh, considered one of the greatest rappers of all time. But um, yeah, we went scuba diving on the trip. I got so panicked. I pulled my, I don't, you were like a, I don't know what it was I wore underwater, but I pulled it, shot to the top, and I got yelled at. And I don't know. I'm scared of scuba diving, regular diving. I just like to snorkel. Was that your first time being pursued by a celebrity? 
You know what? No. Or maybe you pursued them. I'll go back to someone that's not a rapper. When I was running for governor, I remember being on Tom Green's. Tom Green used to have a TV show on MTV where he interviewed mm-hmm. me. And then a couple of days later, the producer called me and said that he really wanted to like go on a date. But I don't know if that counts as pursuing. And I definitely can't count Polly Shore, even though he was like my first celebrity <laughs> I met in LA. So him getting my number and calling me. But I mean, if you have blonde hair and big boobs and you were in LA and encountered Polly Shore, he pursued you. So it wasn't really anything special. But Eminem, I mean, that, that's actually not what I'm talking about, though, for the island trip. So, like, Eminem, I was, like, a huge fan of. And right after the 2004 ABN Awards, like, literally, the award show just ended, and I was crying because I lost Best New Starlet to Stormy Daniels. And everyone had thought I was going to win because I just got done running for governor. So I was pretty upset. And I was also married at the time. Mm-hmm. I had a deal with this my ex-husband. Like, when we made, who's your, like, celebrity person for your one out? And I had said Eminem. And so. So then I remember the owner of this porn company, New Sensations, she was like, Eminem really wants to meet you. Um, and I was like, how does he know who I am? And then she's like, she didn't know, but she put me on the phone with him mm-hmm. because she had been dealing with 50 Cent at the time because 50 was doing something with this porn company. Like, I don't know. I think him and like G-Unit were rapping. I, I don't know, but they were doing something. So they M was on the phone with me. And I was just like, how do you know who I am? Like, I couldn't believe it. What did he say? He said he saw me on Celebrities Uncensored. Remember before TMZ? I remember that show. There was a show on the E channel. Yes. Wait outside nightclubs to film anyone coming out. I definitely remember And so that is when the first time he had seen me. So I was like all ready to go and meet up with him. You know, I was like, you know, I gave the phone back to the lady in charge. She's like, he's going to have a limo here for you in like 30 minutes. I'll call you with where to meet us. I'll call you with all the details. You know, she's like, if you want to get a few other girls together. So I like, you know, started rounding up a couple of girlfriends of mine. But when I got to my hotel room and I told my husband, I'm leaving, I'm going to go, you know, waiting for that call for the limo. He like broke my cell phone. So I had no way, you know, it's not like I knew this where this lady was at who arranged it all. So I was just kind of like trapped there and never got to go that night to see him. But then we ended up talking like a month later. So you basically stood up Eminem is what you're saying. But, but no, then I tried again when he like, you know, I remember I emailed the the lady from the company. I was like, oh, guess what? That was just a boyfriend, not a husband. And we broke up. Can you see if they'd still be interested in me? She Like all of a sudden I didn't hear anything. And then like a week later I was flying to Montreal and this guy, Mark LaBelle, called me and he was, uh, I don't know if he still is, but he was an A&R for Shady Records. Mm-hmm. And so he called me to say like, hey, you know, uh, M wants to know if you want to come out. M. It's just That's M. what they always call it. But they're like, M wants to know if you want to come to Vegas in three weeks. We'll fly you out. You can bring some friends. And D12's having a private concert. And then you can hang out with them. So, of course, I said yes. But then it turned into a big fight with my husband at the time. He's like, no, you're not going to Vegas to, like, party by yourself. (laughs) Poor guy. He went through so much. Like, at one point, I was like, can I go live in the Playboy Mansion? No, Mary, you should have been single, okay? You should have just been a single woman so that you could have all these, you know, adventures. That would have been my advice was just be single right? Back to first with Katie Littleman. <laughs> do you remember your first day of school? I do not. I do remember that I was really shy, but I don't yeah. actually remember the first day. And I also remember that I couldn't mix colors. So, they, <laughs> so I technically failed kindergarten. <gasps> really? Yeah, because did I couldn't mix the colors back? right. Mm. But, I, but I, I grew up to be, you know, such an artist. So, you know, yeah. so talented and artistic and Uh, But I couldn't mix the colors. So, yeah, I had to (laughs) go into first grade and then do first grade again. Oh, wow. Yeah, because of the whole mixing color thing. I'm like, how stupid. Yeah. Like, can't I just be uh, artistic? Why do I have to do what every other kid is doing, you know? <laughs> I you know, I don't remember mixing colors. You know, I had to mix one color with another, and what color does that yeah. make? And he was like, yeah. I mixed them all together. So it ended up like yeah. this muddy, grayish, whatever. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever, but they weren't happy. <laughs> do you remember your first day of high school? What's the first day of high school that stands out, I guess, maybe, if you don't remember the first day? Oh, okay. So, well, actually, this is middle school. We'll go to middle oh, okay. school. Yeah. I remember it was somewhere around the first week of school and there was this really attractive kid that was in the class and he was seated, seated directly across from me. And I thought this is going to be a really fun year because I've got this really yeah. good looking, 
you know, kid. Yeah. I was a kid. He's a kid. (laughs) I remember that. And, you know, to this day, like, I still wonder, like, I wonder what that guy's doing, you know? Find him on Facebook. You know what? I look up people from so long ago all the time. You should just look him up. It was like so cute. Look him up. Look him up, Katie. I'm sure he's married. I, I So what? I you can still look him up married. and say hi and send a message. You should do That's what I would like, do. Like, hey, you remember me from middle school? Yes. Across from you? Yes, I remember. I remember I was talking to him one time and he said, you know, Katie, what do you, what do you think you're going to be when you get older? And I said, I'm, I think I'm going to be like a Playboy girl. Kind of like oh, a, wow. at the time, Anna Nicole yeah. Smith was, was huge at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I'm going to be like a Anna Nicole Smith. And he kind of looked at me like, yeah, right. You know? Well, guess yeah. what? Yeah. Like that, you know, <laughs> what about Pamela Anderson? Did you like her a lot too? I was like obsessed with her when I was, you know, younger. Like, I did really like her. I really, I actually really liked Baywatch, but yeah. I just remember at that particular time in middle school, it was um, Anna, Anna Nicole. Nicole Smith. Yeah. Was, yeah. was the one. I don't know. I think Pamela Anderson had Baywatch maybe um, a little bit after that. Oh, really? So Anna a couple Nicole years. Before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I remember like, I didn't even know who Anna Nicole Smith was. And my, one of my boyfriends when I was like, 18 or 19, he's like, you are so, you remind me so much of Anna Nicole Smith. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And then he like showed me all these pictures. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then from then on, I started becoming kind of obsessed with her. Well, I you think know? That, that it was Pamela Anderson who had her Playboy cover in the late 80s. And then oh, okay. that was it. She just did, I think, the cover. And then yeah. may have shot a centerfold after that. But I just, yeah. I just remember saying Anna Nicole Smith was, you know, kind of, you know, what I was going to do. I was going to do the, this Playboy thing. I didn't know what else I was going to do, but I was going to do that, you know. And it worked. What about, do you remember your first, your first real date? My first real date, probably going to like one of those middle school proms <laughs> yeah. was definitely Aww. like a first date. Yeah. Yeah. Did been... you have your, what about your first kiss? Was it after that dance? No, my first oh, kiss was actually in elementary school. There was this, <gasps> really? this cute boy that used to chase me at recess yeah. um, and he kissed me. I think I was in probably like second or third grade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So just like a kiss on the cheek. I think so. Yeah, I think it was just okay. a kiss on you, but it was a big deal, you know. Big deal. Yeah, my like, first, he likes yes. me, you know, like this, yes. this popular kid really yeah. likes me. So that's no, I know. Kiss on the cheek is a big like my first kiss on the cheek was at a dance in sixth grade. And then I remember I had to go to dance class afterwards, and all my little friends were like, Oh my god, she you know, Kevin kissed her. And you know, I think it was just a kiss on the cheek, but it was a big deal. It's yeah. a huge deal when you're really young, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's like the elementary school engagement. Yeah, it's true. It is. Yeah, it, it it's definitely true. is. It's like, okay, you know, he he likes me. He's mine. He's not going to chase anybody else at recess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, locked down for at least a couple days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't last long. Those, well, you know, my middle school relationship was for a, it was a couple months, I think. You know what? It was probably a month. But if you know when you're like a kid, a month feels like a year, you know? Yeah, so it feels like a big deal. I think Katie's gonna actually have an answer for this. Right? Okay, let's see. What do you got? Well, because I think unlike other people, <laughs> I don't think you've gotten in trouble. What was your first encounter with the law or getting arrested? Oh no, I've got something. This what? is stupid. So so I had a, a girlfriend in town that was my middle school best friend. She came to visit me in LA. I had some tickets, I think, for like running a red light or speeding yeah. or maybe oh. both. Yeah. And, those, and I never went to court for them. Yeah. So they ended up um, turning into a warrant for my arrest. Oh, my gosh. So now I've got this girlfriend in from out of town. Yeah. And she has a good time and she's impressed and you know all that. Yeah. And we're driving down Ventura Boulevard and I get pulled over. And I'm not sure what I got pulled over. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But they handcuffed me and they like put me over the side of the police car. <laughs> I told her, please call my boyfriend. Here's his number. Call him, tell him what happened. So she's like, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So they didn't, from what I remember, they brought me to the police station and they handcuffed me to a bench, but they oh didn't throw me in jail. They actually um, made my boyfriend post the bail and then say, all right, she has to show up to court or you lose the bail. So he's like, you have to show up to court. So that's kind of what happened. It was a total misunderstanding. Yeah, I mean, it didn't yeah. mean for that to happen. It's just when when you're young, you're you're not really thinking about you got to go to court. All I had to do was go to court, and it would never turn into a warrant. Yeah. Oh but my gosh. It did. How old were you when this happened? Probably like twenty three, maybe. Oh, okay, so really young. 
Yeah, yeah. About 23. Oh my God. And I was terrible. I'll be honest. I was terrible in my early 20s with stuff like that. Like if I would get tickets, I would just set them in a drawer in the kitchen and not pay them. Like what God, I'm still like tickets? that. No, I'm just <laughs> I was so stupid. Just just pay. No, just I pay know. Tickets. So they would stack up and turn into these, it was snowball into this. Yeah. Thing, you know, this warrant. No. So. I mean, that's what happened to me with bills a lot in my 20s. I'm like, oh, I've got a bill, but I don't, f- this is too stressful. So I'm just going to leave it on my counter and not pay it. So <laughs> that's kind of like, but no, I always paid them. Now I sound really bad. No, I paid all my bills, but they would give me a lot of, no, I really did. I would get very stressed out over them though. You know, like I really didn't expect Katie to have an answer for that one. So that was an exciting one. Do you remember your first drink of alcohol? It probably would have been, you know, sometime in high school. I think it was one of those yeah. wine coolers. Do you remember the yes, wine Yes, that was what we, yeah, because we were like the same age, I think. So it was kind yeah. of like, the yeah, wine that was, was the big thing. Yes. I because remember it tasted like, good. Yeah, it tasted okay. You know, could get it at gas stations that didn't always like check IDs, you exactly. know. Yeah, no, I remember when I was in college at FSU, and actually maybe even my first year at FAU, we would drink these, like, I don't even know what you call, like, these big ginormous one. It's called, like, St. Ives or St. Ides. I don't know. It was, like, a huge ginormous wine cooler. Now I would think it'd be gross, but I, think, like, <laughs> I don't even I feel like it was a quart or something. I feel like I would drink one or two of those at a night. I, you, but you never drank a lot. You were never No, these were just tiny little wine coolers. I mean, they were, You probably you know, had, like, one or two. I'm so jealous have, of that. Yeah, just, like, one or two. And I think it was, like, a watermelon flavor or tropical yeah. or something. That was enough for me. So you were never, like, really – but so, like, that's good. I always admire – like, Matt's never drank. And people like you who are able to drink normally, I find so fascinating. I, it's just I one of those things. Wait, it's just – I've never really had a big, like, craving for alcohol. That's so good. Maybe if I'm at an event, I may have, like, a glass of wine or yeah. maybe it's New Year's or my birthday, but I just have never really been that big on alcohol. I just, That's I don't good. care for it really. Yeah. I, mean, I hate tequila. I hate vodka. Okay, see, meanwhile, my mouth is watering right now. <laughs> just hearing those words. I'm like, oh, I'll take some. I didn't even know I liked tequila shots till about two years ago and I like them. So uh, that's really bad, Katie. I'm, I'm so jealous though, you know, because for me, when I have a drink, it makes you want to keep going and going and going. Whereas like a normal person like you or if Matt ever were to drink, the second you feel that alcohol hitting, normal people are like, oh, that's good. I'm going to stop and not me. It's like, you know, I'll just go. Like there have been people around me doing a bunch of coke and getting drunk and I'm not. I'm just drinking. Right. And then they eventually, I remember at 5 a.m. were like, okay, let's all go to bed. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to bed. Let's keep partying. But they're like, you're not even on drugs. You're just drunk. I'm like, I know. But I'm like, I can keep going, you know? And that's the issue. Normal people, I think, pass out if they drank as much as I can drink. And I'm in a blackout. I, I, I but probably would have passed out. You've seen yeah. me. Katie's seen me drunk over the years. I mean. Not that much. No, not really. Because I always would run into you early on in the events, you know. And you would, you know, a non-drinker like Katie, if there's an open bar, Katie doesn't care. She leaves after an hour. Yeah. I'm the one hour. who's at that event till 2 a.m. And there's no one left. And they're like, okay, everyone go home. But I'm like, can I have one more free drink? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that was the 20s. I mean, I'm not, you know, not anymore, but. If I were to pick up a like a glass of alcohol, it would happen. I mean, there's times I've controlled it. You know what I mean? Like it just takes a lot of thought on my process. Like I must only have one drink, I'm, and I have to say it over and over again. And normal people don't do that. Matt, we should do a whole new podcast where I interview people about being normal. Normal, like they call <laughs> well in AA, they call it normies. In AA, they refer to someone like Katie as a normie. I guess you'd be a normie too. Okay, first time you use drugs, Katie's not a drug addict. So, and I mean, so we can skip that one because I mean, even I am just an alcoholic. I mean, I'm not a drug addict too. But I, I have never, yeah, I've never done yeah. heavy drugs. So, yeah. yeah, I'm too crazy for drugs. I remember I did. Too- like, <laughs> At least you know that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I think I'm like a person on drugs when I'm not. But like coke, like I tried coke, and I mean. I remember I did like a half of a gram, which I think like the people who can do a lot do like three and a half grams. I did a half of a gram over like eight to 10 hours, right? So for people, like it's a very small amount, but I was the whole night telling, I mean, it was miserable for everyone around me. I was like, I'm going to die. I'm ODing. I think I'm having a heart attack. Like it was, it was not a pleasurable experience. And then the next day I was so depressed. I remember I was supposed to do an autograph signing at the AVN show and I was so depressed from like that little bit that I like couldn't leave my hotel room. 
I was just like on the floor crying. I've heard the down like, on that. Yeah. Is bad. So that was my time. And one time, and I'm like, yeah, this is no fun. Even when I would try smoking weed, I would try that. And again, I would end up super paranoid and miserable. Right. And so I was like, and then I got prescribed painkillers once, Vicodin. And it was actually after I'd gone to rehab and I was sober, but it was for a legitimate condition. And at this point, I was like, you know what? I hear so many stories in AA that people love these things. I'm kind of excited. Mm-hmm. So I, I took it and I'm like, where's that high? Where is it? You're like, and I'm not of, feeling it. No, I was no, I was just nauseous and my head felt cloudy. And I mean, I continued my prescription for a few more days until the pain really, but I don't know. I never got high from it. So I was kind of disappointed in that one. So, well, I was just wanting to find out why people are accepting, you know, because some people love those things. I mean, yeah, you know, but I, so I do guess, not. My experience with Vicodin, yeah. I, I didn't enjoy it. It kept me up. So kept it, you up. yeah, it kept me up. Like it would really keep me up for yeah. hours and hours, you know, longer than I wanted to be up. And I was like, I, this is not, you know, this is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the only drug I liked was Xanax, but I don't even know if that, I mean, it was a prescription. So, but it was still, eh, I guess I well, shouldn't. It's, it's I mean, a prescription, but it's, it's highly yeah. addictive. I mean, I only I took it addictive. at bedtime. I only took it to go to sleep at night though. I didn't take it like. I was actually unsure. Like when I knew people who would take them for fun during the day, I'm like, I literally take this and fall asleep right afterwards. But I got to a bad place with them where I was like, cause that's when I did celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew was mostly to get off Xanax. It's very, very addictive. I mean, I've heard that it can be addictive within two days. Yeah, it's true. No, it is because it's like for someone like me who can't sleep and is highly anxious it really calms me down. That's why cocaine would not be good not good for, for me. Yeah. I think that's why, honestly, it's like from all the different like rehab and psychiatrists and every all I've done in the last like 12, 13 years. The one thing I discovered is the reason I like drinking is because it's self medicating. You know, people like me who are really highly anxious will like Xanax or drinking because it calms me down. Oh, I kind see, of. Yeah. It calms me down at first and then it turns me crazy, you know? So, what was your first celebrity crush? And is it your still? I was gonna say, I knew it. I was like, I already know the answer to that question. And it still is Tom Cruise. It still is Tom Cruise. I've had a crush on Tom Cruise since I was probably like seven years old. Really? Yeah. Wow. What did you see him in that made you? It was Top Gun. And then after Top Gun, I wanted to see what else he was in. So I saw the movie Legend after that. Oh, okay. It was those two films that I was just hooked. I was convinced that I was gonna marry him. You know, it's still not too late, to be honest. It's not. I mean, <laughs> I was because convinced. you're still like a lot younger woman to him. So you know what I mean? You guys still have a good age difference. I'm so. the same age as uh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. And you're way prettier. And you're sweeter. So, you know, yeah. hopefully, maybe we should tell TMZ to do like a little story. Katie <laughs> Katie Loman likes Katie Holmes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe that could be a good, <laughs> a good press thing. Did you? I mean, so the first time I liked Tom Cruise was Jerry Maguire. That's when I remember. Is that when you got, yeah, see, I was already like yeah. full on, you know. I remember being really jealous of Nicole Kidman when I was yeah. young. Yeah. Oh, I okay. That. Yeah. Yeah. She was really pretty. I remember, I well, so I really liked him until I think I was, I mean, I wasn't, he wasn't my big crush because I was more into like bad boys. Like Eminem was my big crush. Was that your big you know? crush? But what about yeah. when you were like super young? Who was your crush? Donnie from New Kids on the Block. Okay. And he was the bad boy one. You know what I mean? I always said like, I don't know. I think it's because I was such a like, I was like a total little ballerina nerd, good kid, straight A student. So I think maybe there was something about those people that appealed to me. You know what I mean? And I loved Vanilla Ice when he came out. You I, know what I, I, mean? I did like Vanilla Ice. I, I, yeah, okay. those are like the people I liked. But Tom Cruise, I mean, I just thought he was great. But then, so I had this weird thing, which is kind of strange because Eminem is maybe the only person that it doesn't affect me with. But when I found out Tom Cruise was like 5'7 or 5'8, because I'm, you know, I'm really tall. Yeah. I'm like 5'9. Yeah. Tom is not the tallest guy. For you, it's okay though, because you know, you're like 5'6, right? Would you say? I'm way shorter. I'm like 5'4. Really? So I always think of you as so tall. Height wise, Oh. me and Tom would totally work. Yeah, you guys totally. Yeah. You could wear your big heels and you'd be a I'd good height friend. Yeah. See, yeah, that's when I find out they're that short, it's it, it's harder for me. I think that's because I had an NBA player thing. And I think it's because I like the height, you know? Height is a big deal for me. Oh, I guess because you're 5'8 or 5'9? 5'9, yeah. 5'8, 5'9, yeah. Five eight, five well, nine, I mean, that yeah. makes sense, you know, that you yeah. want someone that's tall. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the first time I partied with a group of NBA players, I was in Minnesota, and I remember wearing my huge stripper shoes out, which I always wanted to do because remember on that show VIP, Pamela Anderson was always wearing her oh, stripper shoes. Oh, that's right. She was wearing. So yes, I was like, I want to wear these out in public, but I'm so much tall because I'm six two in them. But then I was with all these NBA players, and we were like in this VIP thing in Minnesota, and I was like. I, I love this. They're so much taller than me. They can like, <laughs> they were like picking me up. I'm like, I don't get to experience that. You know what I mean? Being a ginormous person. So it was really, really fun. <laughs> Matt, how tall are you? You're taller than me though. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. Cause I felt like when we were together, like when we were together, <laughs> we went out for pierogies together. I felt like we were the same height. So, but I was wearing a small heel actually. So you were getting ready for the you were getting ready for the ballet. I went to the ballet and straight to the strip club. I was inspired on stage though. I felt very artistic from seeing the ballet. You were doing like pirouettes at Club Risque. You know what? I have done that on stage. Sometimes I'll do these kind of like 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 a move that I'm like, ooh, look what I did. Like and I'm like, wait, they don't even know it's hard. But then I can jump into a split, which for me is like not that great. And people are like, whoa. And I'm like, but I just did something so much harder. You guys don't <laughs> care. But the splits gets people every time, you know, especially if I'm like, can just really jump into them. But I can't, I don't think I can. When I was drunk, I could do that. Sober on stage, I can't do those things as much. I don't know how the drinking warms you up, but it does. Oh, well, what was your first car? We'll keep them, we're getting to, we're slowly working there, Katie. My first car <laughs> was a BMW 325i. Oh, that's a nice car. Yes, it is. <laughs> how did you get that? Oh, your parents, I'm assuming. Um, my father actually had... Um, an auction license. Oh, I think that's what you call really? it. Yeah. So he could get cars that were at yeah. auctions. Yeah. Mm. So he was able to get the vehicle for a fraction of what it would have cost normally. Oh my gosh. That's, a, you know, that's what I'm going to do next. Matt, you should do it with me. We should go get our, go around to auctions. Oh, but you have to have a lot of cash up front to put down. I think. It's cash. And it's also, you just Ooh. have to have a certain kind of like a, I don't know if it's a dealer license I'm gonna or do auction license of some kind. I don't remember. I mean, I was, you know, 16 yeah. or 15, you know, when I got it. But I knew that my father had the connections with the auction. Yeah. yeah, Mary, that wouldn't work for me. I don't think they accept bartering at the auction. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. But you do save a lot by Yeah, exactly. I've heard about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your first job ever? I sold sunglasses for really? this, like a sunglass hut type place. Oh. I was only there for a very, very short time. And then I started modeling like very quickly after that. Cause someone approached me while I was oh, okay. at the mall working yeah. saying, you know, you should model and you know, you've got the look for it. So I only had what you consider a real job for maybe mm. two weeks. <laughs> I know. Which, you know, I did not have a lot of real jobs either. <laughs> I didn't like them, you know, they're yeah, not very I just, fun. I just sold some glasses <laughs> for two weeks and then was a yeah. model right after that. How old were you when this happened? I was probably 17. Oh, okay. What was the first modeling job? Bikinis? Yeah, it was something with swimsuits, I think. Yeah. Um, I think my first magazine cover was Easy Rider. Oh! Yeah, you remember the motorcycle? Wait, did they at least wait for you to be 18 for that? Yes, I was at least 18. Yeah, there'd be a yes. lot of guys having fun with those magazines. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was 18 um, when I did the cover. Actually, I might have been 19 when I did the cover. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You were legal, though. So that's I was it. legal, yes. Were, although, technically, I guess if you're not nude in a magazine, it really – I mean, there's tons of models that are – under 18. You right. Know? It just depends on, of so, course, what, what you're modeling. What you're doing. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about the first kiss, but I, I feel like oh. we're not going to count that as your first boyfriend. So I'm curious, oh, like, who was your, yeah. who was your first, what you would classify as your first true boyfriend? You know, it's, I don't know why I'm like drawing such a blank with this. So he was memorable. Got it. <laughs> my first, I know, right? I Honestly, my first boyfriend wasn't until I was like 16. I really didn't have yeah. a boyfriend before that. It's because you were giving those cheek kisses to all the kids on the recess. You know, I never had a boyfriend when I was in middle school, what was considered a boyfriend when I was in elementary school. So, yeah, it wasn't until I was in high school and I was like 16. That was really my first boyfriend. But remember, I was going to marry Tom Cruise. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for- <laughs> She was saving herself. Yeah, there wasn't, you know- That was me with Christina Ricci. I think I actively didn't date oh. people because I was like, no, no, no. Christina Ricci will meet me and love me and it'll be fine. <laughs> oh. 
first time working for Playboy. Oh, well, no, my first time working for Playboy. They were doing this thing called the Playmate 2000 search. They were taking this bus around from city to city yeah. um, looking for girls, you know, to be centerfold. So the first time that I technically did work for Playboy was during that Playmate 2000 search. And I ended up um, in the December of 1999 issue where they published um a yeah. lot of the contenders of the wasn't wait the winners were those search. twins the twins were the winners right i think they might have been but then some of the other girls that were found through the search you know went on to like you. centerfolds like me so that was my first okay time. yes i actually went to the playboy office when i was in town going to disneyland I really? went into the yes, I went into the Playboy yeah. office and they just took some Polaroids and said, you know, if we're interested, you know, we'll give you a call. But they threw me in the Playmate 2000 search because they had tested me to be a centerfold. So technically, yeah. it was all part of the same thing. So okay, yeah. So then that was so that was your first time that you you know were I guess probably naked. So they popped your naked in pictures, Cherry, not naked in your life, but. That was your first time. That was that, my right? first. Yes. We did a full okay. on. When did they yeah. ended up calling me a couple weeks after they took those Polaroids and said, we want to do a full test shoot with you, which yeah. involves hair, makeup, wardrobe, the whole thing. So you got to come back to California. So I did. And then one of the pictures from the test shoot ended up in the December 1999 issue with Naomi Campbell on the cover. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was, yeah, that was my first time being published in Playboy. So after that, then how did you, because I know you went to the Playboy Mansion, right? You, like you ended up living there, didn't you? Well, I ended up going to a party. I got on the invite list um, because I was part of the Playboy family now from that search. And it was kind of awkward the first time I went to a Playboy party because I didn't know anyone. Mm. And it was just everybody seemed to kind of know each other and they were all vibing and having a good time. And I was like, this is this is kind of awkward. Like, I wish I had a girlfriend with me. That's yeah. really what I wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just ended up, you know, talking to some gentleman. I think he was like a publicist or agent of some kind. And we just, you know, we hung out there for a little bit. But I think definitely my first party at the Playboy Mansion was not in no way my most memorable just because Mm -hmm. I had no, I didn't have any friends there. Yeah, no, I know how that is. I actually always felt the the Playboy Mansion parties I went to, I remember like thinking it was fun to say you were, I always would tell people, I'm like, it's so much fun to say you were at the mansion and to know you're there, but I actually don't consider Playboy Mansion parties my favorite parties. You know, I, well, you've had a different experience because you were like there a lot then, right? I was there a lot. What, yeah, how, was how did you end up? So what was the next step? So now you did the well, back, magazine. Right. Well, back when um, I was working with Playboy, okay. they didn't have what's called the bunny house yet, okay, which was yeah. the house they purchased where the girls can stay that are mm-hmm. shooting for a cinema. Yeah. They just let all of us stay at the mansion. And it took a while for us to shoot everything because it was all done with actual film. Mm. Not like everything yeah, now that's that. digital. I lived there for quite a while. I lived there for a couple months to shoot everything, but then I wanted to stay longer um, and just basically, you know, kind of have a a free place to stay where I felt safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, when I was ready and I had done all my work and all my promo and everything uh, for them, I was ready to move out and get my own place. How long were you living there before you found out you were going to be a playmate? Or when do you already know and they had you stay there to shoot all the playmate stuff? I think that the the, the centerfold wasn't going to come out for quite some time. Okay, so yeah. when I was living there was was before it came out. Yeah. And I think I ended up moving out right around the time that it was going to come out. Because I thought, okay, now I'm ready to kind of move on with my life. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So the centerfold came out. We did a big party in Las Vegas at the uh, Hard Rock Hotel. Yeah. And then after that, I felt like, okay, you know, my time here is done. You know, it's, it's time for me to you know move on and see what happens. Matt, do you have any more Playboy questions before I move on? I'm sure you do. Because I feel like I'm not always the best with it because I, I was kind of like around a lot of that stuff too. So sometimes I don't think of a good question about it. Obviously, the last episode, it was really interesting just knowing first impressions of Steve. Oh, of Hugh Hefner. Yeah. That's right. My first impression, he's a lot more cognitive than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to be like like this you know, really, really old man that, 
didn't really know what was going on. And our guest last week, he was already senile by the time she got there. So this is a good, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But. So my first impression of Hugh Hefner was that he was just a lot more on point than I thought he would be. Yeah. And um, he was sexier than I thought he would be. Really? Because he was okay. so intelligent and, yeah. you know, he dressed well. He dressed a little old fashioned, of course. But I just was like, wow, you know, he's actually really smart and like really sexy. It's <laughs> like, this is yeah. weird. You know? <laughs> what did you think of the inside of the mansion? Did When you first walked in it, did you think it looked really nice or was it run down at that point? Or? Um, I mean, I, I would not say that I thought at the time that it was run down. Um, okay, I yeah. thought that it was, it was, it had a certain energy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, w- it had a lot of history and it had a lot of stories that it could tell. That was kind of the vibe I got from just walking around, going through his theater room and his office and, you know, his dining room. I mean, I, I actually kind of liked it. You know, I, I kind of liked yeah. that it had a, um, I think it was um, modeled after like a Tudor home. Yeah, um, I would like that too. Bo- yeah. yeah. So to me, it was like a little castle. So I, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really cool. Those years that Katie was really involved in Playboy were kind of like those years where- Early 2000. Like, it was like very, early. I don't I think that was like the biggest time for Playboy. I felt like Playboy kind of exploded around that time. It really you know I mean? did. It, the timing yeah. was amazing. Well, I just remember they started selling like Playboy clothes at Spencer Gifts when I was in college. I remember like, that. Yeah. I bought like so many Playboy shirts just to wear. And I think that like all of a sudden everyone was, you know, just Playboy was such a big thing. And that's like, and that's when Katie was there. I think when you go, when you probably for him going from like 70 to 75 or whatever, you know, he's, his brain wasn't as good, I guess. Did you always stay on good terms with Hef? Yeah, right. You were always on, or at the mansion. I mean, with Playboy, you you still are, aren't you? Yeah, I am now. There was definitely a time where, you know, we we did have a little bit of a fallout. Mm. And it was around the time that I was leaving. Um, And it wasn't because I was leaving. It was such a like crazy story. Before I was in Playboy, I had done a test shoot, not for anything in particular, but just a, like a nude test shoot. Mm. And the photographer, of course, was kind of pitching the pictures around. One of the magazines that he was pitching me to, they said that they didn't like my nose. So really? I was like, okay, they don't like my nose. So to me, that means I'm not going to be in this magazine. I'm free to do what I want. You guys don't like my nose, which is such a weird, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what ended up happening was after my Cinefool came out, those photos ended up getting published, which I thought they were never going to be published because the company didn't like my nose. But then yeah. you know how it is. When you find success in another area, everybody jumps on the bandwagon. So Hef Mm. thought that I had intentionally shot nude photos after I was a playmate, which you're not supposed to do. Those photos were technically shot before I shot as a centerfold and they were, they were dead in the water. They were not going to go anywhere. And I thought, okay, but at least I had a little bit of experience before actually going on and shooting fully nude with Playboy. Yeah. And I don't count that as my first nude shoot, although technically it would be, they were never, they never went anywhere. They were never published anywhere until after the centerfold. So he was very, very upset with me, you know, took it very personally that he thought that I would do that to him, that I would go and I would shoot for another nude magazine so quickly after being a centerfold. I was like, he didn't even give me a chance to explain. So for a while we had had, we had had a falling out, but we ended up, I ended up getting a chance to explain to him what exactly happened and that it was not my fault. And I thought those photos were dead in the water and Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody wanted them. You know, yeah. So we and we patched it up. That's so good because yeah. back when you were a playmate too. I mean, it was like he picked every single playmate, didn't he? He picked like everything. He picked yeah the vibe of the shoot. He oh, you really? know oh yeah, like if he didn't like the direction that the photos were going, he would scrap it and have them start over. Because originally my centerfold was going to be like a very Veronica Lake looking. Okay. Yeah. With like red lips. And I was in an office and I had like a men's shirt on with a tie and like a Veronica Lake hairdo. <laughs> and he did not like it at all. So he scrapped yeah. it and was like, no, you're going to make her a cowgirl. <laughs> I was like, oh. a cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so, cute though. That's so it really- ended up as a oh. totally different look yeah. from the original stuff that we were shooting. Did you, would you say overall you had a good 
good experience with Playboy. I did have a good experience. My experience is obviously, you know, everybody has a different experience with things Mm -hmm. like, like you could me and you or me and whoever could date the same guy and our experience and our feelings are going to be totally different. And what, you know, you may say that was the love of my life and I may say, Oh, you know, I didn't like him at all. Yeah. So, and Hugh Hefner is still a person. And there was this quote that I saw somewhere recently and it said, Hugh Hefner is whatever you want him to be. Yeah. And I truly believe that because what I wanted Hugh Hefner to be was what he exactly was. Yeah. He was somebody that was in my life that helped to spring more, springboard me into entertainment. And mm-hmm. I had no other expectations of him other than that. So I think yeah. where some of the girls got in a little bit of trouble is their expectations. I agree with you completely. I mean, I haven't seen that Hulu documentary about it, but you know, I read different things about it and I think it's, I don't know. I mean, I think... A lot. I feel like these people didn't feel like at the time. It's just to try. Like they're looking back on their life and they're just trying to like maybe come up with something to be relevant or to make an excuse for maybe like oh I modeled naked in the past I was forced or whatever they're saying. But I feel like the experience probably was good at the time for everyone. Well, if it was such a bad experience, why did you stay there? Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, so many. It's. Yeah, I should probably watch. Have you watched uh, the documentary? I've know. seen the first few episodes. Oh, what'd you think of it? Did you? It's not that they're that it, that I believe it's untrue. Yeah, I know that it's all true, but it's also their perspective, and it's also timing. And in the documentary, there's a lot about um, working in the Playboy clubs as a bunny, which I did not do. I was oh, not a waitress. Yeah, that's not, you know, I mean, those girls aren't even technically. They're just like girls hired at local bars, wouldn't they be? You know what I mean? They're not Playboy. Well, they were hired to work, you know, at a Playboy club in a bunny costume. So, of course, there's an expectation that needs to be met if you are hired as a bunny. Um, But they were just telling a lot of the dark stories about some of their experiences with some of the VIPs. Oh, that's a completely um, different experience. Yeah. So there, there's that. Hugh Hefner had this doctor named Mark Saginar, which I remember him. And yeah. his daughter kind of grew up in the Playboy Mansion, which I didn't know that. I had no oh, idea okay. that his daughter was so involved in the Playboy Mansion life when she was really young. We're talking like a teenager. Yeah. She just basically talked about how that affected her as a young teen. You know, am I pretty enough? Yeah. Or, you know, look at all these beautiful centerfolds and how she felt about Hugh Hefner and how she felt about, you know, the mansion and all that. So to me, the interesting part was just getting her perspective on it, you know, about what would it be like to be a teenager, yeah, right? Be- you know, <laughs> in elementary school, middle school, high school, and you basically live at the Playboy yeah. Mansion. So right. you're not even old enough to drink or you know, anything. <laughs> and here you are, you know, surrounded True. in this world of Playboy. So I think to me, it was kind of fascinating. Yeah, no, I agree with you. First celebrity you dated. My first like celebrity that I dated was Michael Bay. I remember hearing about that from one of our mutual friends, yeah. <laughs> Dave. We dated um, before he did all the stuff with Transformers. Yeah. Where did you meet him? I, I met him at a Playboy Christmas party, but it wasn't oh. a party that was at the Playboy Mansion. It was actually yeah. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to be there. And I I was trying to get his attention, you know, because I just loved his work. And of course, it helped that he was like really tall and handsome. (laughs) Yeah, he is handsome. Yeah, he is really good looking. Yeah. Then he was probably about 39. Oh, yeah. So it's really good looking. I mean, he's got a really nice body. Can I just say that? Yeah, we just kind of went on and off, you know, for a couple years. Yeah. Would you say it was good sex or bad sex? He was a good lover. Yeah. (laughs) Good lover. Good lover. (laughs) He just has a great body. And you know one thing that people don't know about Michael Bay, which is not like it's some big secret, but he wanted to be a professional baseball player. Really? And so, and he grew up thinking that he was going to be a professional baseball player. And, you know, when we were together, he was actually playing in in a league. Like a baseball league. Yeah. Yeah, Which I thought was adorable. You know, that he was playing in his league. And I mean, but he just has such a nice physique. I mean, just naturally nice physique. I mean, he's tall, not too skinny, not too mm-hmm. bulky, um, just a natural looking athlete. But I've heard that he's a lot more shy than you would imagine for a Hollywood director. Yeah. My- Michael is shy by nature. He's very shy. But when you put him on a movie set, 
that's when, you know, he's in control and he knows what he wants. But when you take him off the movie set, he doesn't exactly know what he wants or maybe who he is. You know, he knows who he is when he's working, but maybe he just doesn't quite know who he is when he's not. I remember so. this was years ago, probably, but I remember that there was there was a thing that yeah, at the time people were like making fun of it where he was doing a speech. Are you about the curve TV? When he did that and he walked off stage, from what I know of Michael, I feel like he was getting paid all this money to talk about this curved TV and he did not do his homework about that TV. So he goes out there and he's supposed to talk about the key points of this television <laughs> and he dropped the ball. I remember yeah. calling him after and I was like, you didn't know anything about that TV. I said, <laughs> you should have been prepared. <laughs> to talk about that TV because you're getting paid to talk about that TV and you totally dropped the ball. I mean, he could do his job and perform when he needs to. He was just being lazy and did not research that TV. <laughs> well, there we go. The truth comes out. Yes. I know. <laughs> I know is- him. He didn't take the time to really invest in what this, this, product is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, listen, Michael, they're paying you a lot of money. Just, figure out what the product is. And if you don't like the product, I'm not saying you liked it or didn't, don't do a promo for it if you don't like it. Like I, me personally, I could never promote something that I don't like. You know, I could never sell a product that I myself would never use. I don't care what you're going to pay me. You know, I've got to like the product. So I'm not going to say he didn't like it. He just didn't do the work. <laughs> he did not do the work. Okay. I would have fired him. I would have like, you're fired. He didn't, you know what he didn't do? He didn't write his own script for that TV. Get your script, Michael. You know what I mean? Get it down and know what you're going to say. You ask everyone else to do these lines. Now you yeah, need to do them. That's true. Okay, the big question. When was the first time that you oh, had Oh, goodness. Sex? It was the boyfriend that I had in high oh, school. And it was a good experience. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Where were you guys? Or Everyone's in a car. No, we were not in a car. <laughs> that's good. We were at my house. Oh, okay. And uh, I had all of the back bedrooms at the time because my siblings yeah. had all moved out. So oh. I had, you know, a dressing room and like two bedrooms. I was really spoiled. Um, <laughs> so I had a lot of privacy in the back of the house. So we, yeah. were, we were in one of my bedrooms. <laughs> a dressing room and two bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, okay. a dressing room and a full bathroom that, that the back door led um, to okay. the backyard. So she was like living like a real housewife of Beverly Hills <laughs> when you were 16. <laughs> I'd like to get into some of the details, not of like the actual sex, but but leading up to it was, was this planned? Was it like, hey, come over, this is the day? Or was it just that it, it was not planned happened? from what I can remember? It okay. was not. It just, um, we just found this opportunity um, where, you know, we were in the back of the house, no one was home. You know, we had an, enough feeling for each other that Aww. we yeah that that we wanted to do it. I found him very attractive. He was very athletic. He was tall. Um, I could tell he had you know very deep feelings for me and cared about me a lot. And it just happened like it, it wasn't planned at all. We're just hanging out. We weren't watching TV or anything. We're just hanging out, kind of making out, you know, as ki- as young kids tend to do. And then just one thing led to another, and we just you know we went all the way. So oh yeah, and then we dated for a while after that. Do you still talk to him or has he, does he know you were a Playboy Playmate? Does he know he, like when that yeah, happened? Yeah, I think he knows. I think he knows. He actually went on to be a big time lawyer. Oh, really? You should message him. To, oh, wait, you have a boyfriend. Never mind. <laughs> I, I do. I'm like, you gotta go, I'm like, she's got to go message on Facebook her like middle school. Was it middle school boyfriend or a guy you thought was cute middle he school? He was very cute. And, yes. And, and, then, just cute. and, and then um, you should also go message this guy. This has been fun. Katie, you're my, I'm so glad we got to catch up. Yes, we always have, have such a to, good time. We always, I know. You know. You're going to have to come to Florida sometime. And I maybe- will say this. I've talked about stuff with you yeah. on shows that I've never talked about. <laughs> well, Katie's definitely really – like she's one of the classier girls I met in LA, I'd have to say. so. Well, thank you. Well, Katie, where can everyone find you on social media? Where do we find I, you? Honestly, I only do Instagram mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just don't go through and – post stuff on every single social media. And I, I just, I like the layout of Instagram. I like the way it works. Um, mm-hmm. I like that it's easy that, but that is the only place that you can find me. Okay. I what have a it? Twitter, but I don't use, use it. it. Okay. Yeah. So just Instagram. I'm, I'm all about Instagram for the convenience, um, but it's just real Katie Loman. 
Oh, that's easy because I'm real, real Mary Carrie, real Carrie yeah, Littleman. Yes. And Katie, thank you so much. Well, thank you guys. So guys, that was the awesome interview. And I just want to draw attention to two quick things in the episode. First off, Hey, do you hear that music that brings you in and out of the interview? That could be your band. So let us know if you want your band to be used on episodes of Popping Your Cherry with Mary Carey. But even more importantly, our opening music and our closing music currently, it's a song by the band Gene the Werewolf out of Pittsburgh. But they're generously letting us use that temporarily. We want you to write the next theme song for Popping Your Cherry with Mary Carey. So... If you're in a band or a musician, we want you to send some songs to us. Send them to us at info at weknowpodcasting.com. And if your song is picked, you're going to get a Mary Carey swag bag. And you're going to get shirts. You're going to get DVDs, maybe some campaign buttons, some autographs. And Mary will talk about your band on her socials. So mm-hmm. it's a great deal. Hit us up again. That's contact me at info at we for both. If you have a band that you want to be used on the show, or if you want to write our theme song. So contact us there and we'll be back Mary in two more weeks. For- I know. And I had so much fun, Matt. I love you. And thank you everyone. Thank you so much for listening and letting me pop your cherry. 